Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. On Yahoo Sports Radio. I want winner. Well, speaking of winners, our first guest has enjoyed success at every level of NFL coaching. Lovey Smith went to an NFC title game as linebackers coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Took teams to Super Bowls as defensive coordinator of the St. Louis Rams and as head coach of the Chicago Bears. Now, of course, he's back in Tampa as head coach where he hopes to rebuild the defense and restore the Bucks as Super Bowl contenders. Lovey Smith not only won three division titles as nine seasons with the Bears, but he and his mentor, Tony Dungy, staged an historic first in 2007 when they became the first African-American coaches to take teams to the Super Bowl. A defensive whiz, Lovey Smith has had a hand in fielding top three defenses at Tampa, St. Louis, and Chicago. And now, well, now he's with us. Lovey Smith, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Rick, Ron, Clark, for having me on the show. We just finished up, you know, we have our version of spring ball going on right now. So we just finished <laughs> up a great OTA practice, and we're getting better each day. Hey, Lovey, you weren't the, the St. Louis team that was Super Bowl tested in 2000, but the 96 Bucks. The 2004 Bears and the 2014 Buccaneers were all coming off losing seasons when you arrived. Which of those three was the toughest coaching challenge? You know, all three, of course, were tough. Whenever, you know, you're going into a new place, it's normally, you know, things aren't exactly perfect there at the time. So, you know, looking back at the 96 Buccaneers, you know, Tony Dungy's first staff, my first job in NFL, so really just excited to have a chance to be in the NFL. And so, you know, we had a couple of pieces in place to have a pretty good season at the time. Thinking about the 2004 Bears, of course, same thing. There were a few things going on, but, you know, the Chicago Bears, of course, this time around, you know, here, you know, with the Bucks, I knew some of the pieces that we had, but uh, didn't know it would be quite as hard that first year as it turned out to be. If you look at the 96 Buccaneers, there was pieces in place, you know, when you see John Lynch, Warren Sapp, Derrick Brooks, and Hardy Nickerson, it's tough, but you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Same thing with Chicago, with the uh, you know the 2004 Chicago Bears. Our team there, you know, we had Mike Brown, a great safety, Brian Erlacher, and Lance Briggs, and then we of course drafted Tommy Harris and brought in Otto Wale and Goulier. Down here, though, as I look, you know, we had Gerald McCoy, and Levante David. I'm talking about some of the most noticeable names that popped up. Of course, our plan wasn't to win two games this past year, so. You know, as it played out, of course, that, you know, the toughest one, of course, was, you know, the 2014 Bucks team we had last year. Well, you were in St. Louis, of course, uh, with Kurt Warner, Lovey, so you know the, the impact of a franchise quarterback on a team. But you also succeeded with, you know, lesser quarterbacks in Tampa with Sean King and then in Chicago with uh, Rex Grossman. So I'm wondering, what's your confidence level with Jameis Winston heading into his rookie season, and how different is it to, to be in there with a rookie guy who you're starting out Completely new. I think as a general rule, you have to find a way to win football games, period. If you have a franchise quarterback, that's great, but you have to have other ways to do it. And, you know, my thinking was that we're going to play, we're going to have a great, easier to get a, quicker to get a good running game going and to play good defense. And then if you can, you know, if you're lucky enough to, you know, be with a guy like Kurt Warner or someone like that, it's a lot easier, but most of the time that isn't but the plan here, of course, get a good running game going, get our defense up to par. And when we had an opportunity to grab 
to draft a guy that we thought was pretty special in Jameis Winston, you know, you kind of jumped on it. Confidence level for Jameis, of course, is high right now. But he's a rookie, so we realize there's going to be some growing pains we're going to have to go through. Tampa Bay's Lovey Smith is our guest on the Talk of Fame Network. And, Lovey, since you talked about Jameis Winston being pretty special, you had the first overall pick of that 2005 draft, and as we know, you, you drafted Jameis Winston. But you had a choice. You could take in either him or Mark Mariota, who did go second to ta- uh, Tennessee. My question, what tipped the scales in Winston's favor? First off, both players, I feel like both players are going to be you know, really good football players you know, in NFL, but they're both different. And for us, it was just more about what we liked. You say, what tipped the scales for us? That was just a little bit more about what we liked about James. Great leader. When you hear that term leadership thrown around, if you round James a little bit, you kind of see. I mean, his teammates believe in him. He has a lot of confidence in himself. I think as a quarterback, the guy that they look into every play, guys need to know that, hey, it's going to be okay. Get me in. We can do this. That's what you get from Jameis right away. He's vocal, too. I think to be a lead in that quarterback position, you uh, you need to uh, feel comfortable talking and being out in front. He has that. But I think the way you judge great quarterbacks a little bit is can they throw the football? And Jameis went and make all of the throws. We feel like he's accurate. He had a couple of interceptions more than we would like his, his last year, but just think he's going to make all the he can make all the throws that we want, and and I think an NFL quarterback needs to play. And you look at his record; he won a lot of football games through it. So, in the end, of course, he was a perfect fit for us. Well, but you've yet to win a championship, but it's been a franchise quarterback standing in the way each time. Your your Bucks lost to, to Warner in the NFC title game, then your Rams lost to Brady, your Bears lost to Peyton Manning in Super Bowls. Which of the three was the most difficult to prepare for, and why? Oh, that's. And that's another tough question. They were all tough. I have a personal relationship. I mean, I was, of course, I was with Kurt Warner. So I got to see him, you know, day in and day out on what he did here. I, you know, Peyton Manning, rookie year, I was with him at the University of Tennessee. So I've gone day to day with those two guys and know what, you know, what their DNA makeup was like. I was also on the other end. Tom Brady, I guess Tom Brady's coming out for it. I was a decent coordinator when on the last drive in his first Super Bowl win. And what I say about all three other guys is I talked about what I think a great quarterback needs to have. He needs to be able, of course, be accurate and make great decisions and throw the ball. All of those players did that well. In the end, you know, third down, you have to make a play or two-minute situation. You want those guys to have their hands on the ball. So, I mean, it's, of course, all of them are, are Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Love you. As Clark mentioned earlier, you've been around some great NFL defenses, built a lot of great defenses, uh, obviously. Uh, but can any of those defenses stand up to that high school defense you played on in Big Sandy, Texas in 1975, <laughs> when I think you had 11 shutouts, allowed 15 points, uh, won the state title, and the offense wasn't too shabby either, as I, as I recall. Well, <laughs> I wish we could have some of those stats in NFL right now. <laughs> of course, when you have a Head coach like Jim Norman, my head coach at you know Big Sandy High School. A lot of those things happened then, but those were some great numbers that we put up. And a lot of my philosophy, of course, I got about defensive ball and how you win football games was kind of based on that. But it was playing great defense along with great offense. I mean, you score 820 points like we did one year, that makes it a lot easier too. So uh, the 
defensive part we got down. Now we need, of course, have it where you know you're playing great special teams along with good offense and defense. You had David Overstreet on that team, right, Lovey? David Overstreet was on that team, and just imagine a, a player as talented as David Overstreet. We were the wow. smallest class in Texas. You know, David scored over 50 touchdowns in one year and didn't play most of the game. You know, a lot of times. Special guy. We're with Lovey Smith at Tampa Bay Bucks, and Lovey, as you're well aware, uh, this league loves offense. Um, so all the rules have been stacked against what else? The defense. I mean, you can't hit the quarterback. Seems like you can't hit the receivers and offensive linemen are now allowed to hold. But I guess my question is, is great defense still possible in today's NFL? I think it's possible, but of course, as you mentioned, it's a lot harder. But bus, I mean, those are the rules now, and I, I think what you have to be able to do is just, and that's what we have to be able to do, do is adjust. I mean, they haven't stopped us. They haven't stopped great defenses from taking the ball away and things like that. So, again, and that's what we're going to do. not going to complain about it. We're just going to go by the rules, find ways to, to have success in the passing game where you can't hit the receiver, you know, ex- except for, you know, under five yards. And we've adjusted as far as, lowering the target, so all of these things that, you know, it takes defense a while to catch up a little bit, but normally they do from what I've seen in the history of our game, and that's what will happen now. Love you, Coach Derek Brooks and Brian Erlocker. One's in the Hall of Fame, the other is headed in that direction. What made each of those guys special? Well, first of all, both the similarities from the guys. They were both, and they won't get credit for, for this. You didn't take a linebacker, but they were both very bright, intelligent, smart men. You know, if if you didn't get a call out there, you know, guys knew exactly what we, both guys knew exactly what we we should call in that situation. Both guys knew what pretty much everyone was supposed to do on every play, and they were so coachable. Of course, both had God-given ability. We talk about, you know, both guys hit in the Hall of Fame. They had God-given ability, too. But Derek Brooks, if we had made, wanted to make him into a, you know, a linebacker that blitz always would be talking about him as one all-time great blitzer. It's really the same thing with Erlacher. Both of those guys blitz well when we ask. You know, both guys had great hands, were really good in the passing game. That's why you're talking about them going into the Hall of Fame, because they were a complete linebacker. Play in space, play inside of the tackle, play the game with an attitude. Everything you're looking for in a great linebacker. You talk about a blessing. I have a chance to be around those two guys on a day-to-day basis and just see. I'm coaching guys now based on what I saw those players be able to do. Were you around, of course, one of the great defensive minds in Tony Dungy and one of the great offensive minds in, in Mike Martz? What impact did those two coaches have on, on your career and how you uh, approached being a head coach? Uh, both, of course, had, talking Mike Martz and Tony Dungy, both had a you know big impact on what I believe as a coach and how you win football games. Even though they were both very different, you know, Tony more of the traditional coach. Tony really stressed fundamentals. You know, Tony talked a lot about you know, most teams on any given Sunday beat themselves, and so you have to be just on top of everything and put the off the offense in a position where they had to beat you. And just fundamental things on playing hard and tackling and a lot of those things. Mike Morris was a complete opposite. Mike, even though Mike believed in fundamentals and doing things that way, he was really a great fundamental coach. But 
Mike was okay. He said, hey, it's okay if you play good defense, but, you know, we're going to outscore you. So we're going to play ball. <laughs> and the traditional way of doing things, not really interested in that an awful lot. Uh, we're going to have a lot of shift motion and do some things that, you know, that haven't been done before. So learn a lot, two different ways of doing things. In the end, though, it kind of comes down to fundamental ball. And both of them were, were fundamental coaches that really believed in their plan. Lovey, we've got a lot of shift in motion here, too. We've got to go to a commercial. But we want to thank you for the time. And here's hoping that pirate chip in the end zone. Let's hoping it shoots the can a few more times this season. Thanks very much, <laughs> Lovey. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Take care. Th- thanks, Take Lovey. care. All right. That was Tampa Bay coach Levy Smith. When we return, we're talking another USFL. You better believe it. This is the Talk of Fame Network.